Congratulations, Blake. You got our backup e- running back. I G E R S Tigers. This is the reaction that getting Notre Dame's backup running back produces. This is what this is what this is what you're giving me. You know what happened when somebody from the Midwest who was a backup came down to the bayou? What happened, right? The guy's name was Joe Burrow. Have you heard of him? You're not. I you know you're not comparing Logan Diggs to Joe Burrow. I, I'm I, saying I, every on. time somebody comes down okay. from the Midwest. I, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that it's rich that all these guys that were backups and were not going to have significant roles at Notre Dame are leaving to go to other schools, and these other schools are excited that they're getting these players. That's all I'm saying. It's happened for a few well, guys now. First, first and foremost, first and mm-hmm. foremost, don't sit here and act like Logan Diggs is Rudy Poo when he had a thousand yards from scrimmage. He is a very good running back. I will admit that. I was excited that he signed when he did as a recruit. I'm disappointed he's leaving, but it did not, from what I've heard, sound like he was going to contribute very much this upcoming Joe, season. Joe, 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 horse shizite. No, he was he was horse getting Joe, beaten out for significant Joe, reps. Joe, that's not horse, horse shit. Horse shizite. That's not horse shit. I checked my. I I reached oh, out to. Okay, well you know what? Found out. You didn't. Then you know what? Fire Marcus Freeman right now. I, well, first of Fire all, Marcus, so you mean to tell me that uh-huh. your your answer? Yes. Is to bench a thousand yard no, no, back. No, 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 no. He's not being benched. He was never the primary guy. It was always Audric Estime, and then they had other guys that. What stepping up against Clemson? He had a great game against Clemson. I don't forget what his rushing game because he's a mediocre back. He ain't Logan Diggs. They they run a, a committee approach with Estime oh, being the lead back. Estime was Estime was the lead back in the committee. But my point is, is that Logan Diggs was never the lead back. He sometimes was the hot hand, but it wasn't frequent. It only happened in a couple of games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be great at LSU. I just don't think Notre Dame's losing very much. I'm not worried about it. Well, you should when you're not being Stanford and Marshall. But nevertheless, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. The SEC and ABC, along with ESPN, make a final um, or what we would call maybe a, uh, Joe, a formal announcement. Yeah, I'd put it that way. You know, all of this has been reported on. Okay, Greg Secchi's talked about it, but now ESPN is showing that the SEC is going to be their prime time. Uh, Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma were a part of their press release and their video release uh, today, Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll touch on that uh, here throughout the show. The Magnificent Seven of the ACC, we will touch on as well. Is the ACC devolving? Call me the Bayou Bloodhound because daddy's smelling BS. Okay? There's a lot of BS, and I we are going to get into that. And then Dylan Riola commits to the University of Georgia. What does it mean uh, Ryan, for Ryan Day and Matt Rule? Why, I mm-hmm. will tell you, maybe, or maybe we'll have the discussion, maybe it's not the worst thing that could have happened for Ohio State and uh, Nebraska because the portal really? is always a big thing. We've seen what's happened at Georgia when guys have had to sit behind. Is Dylan Riola going to sit for two years? Right. Which could be a possibility. Well, and that's actually a really interesting point, and I was a little perplexed why you were bringing that up. And one of the things, a lot of the articles I was reading on Riola 
brought up the fact that he is one of the highest recruited kids next to Justin Fields. And this literally happened to Justin Fields where he came in and he was behind Jake Fromm, played a little bit, and then he transferred to Ohio State. So that's certainly still on the table. I'm sure that Ryan Day and Matt Rule are considering that's the case. And honestly, if he transferred, he'd probably go to the school that he has family connections to. So that's, that's an interesting angle to, to bring up with that. Well, I mean, you got Brock Vandegrift, who was a highly recruited young man. Mm-hmm. He's behind Connor Beck. Our Beck had to sit behind. And then, look, Justin Fields had to sit behind. And, I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you have to just continuously stop recruiting Dylan Riola. But, look, Ryan Day and Matt Rule got shoved in the locker by the back-to-back national champions. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. So, massive show. I guess we can throw in Logan Diggs uh, to start off if you want. Uh, because LSU is king and Brian Kelly. Hey, I thought Brian Kelly couldn't recruit. You bring this up every single time. Of course, he went and got the guy that was previously at his school. That wasn't going to be hard for him. Who are they competing with? Hey, so what about the top five classes that Notre Dame can't get? Oh, I'm not not saying that Brian Kelly can't recruit. I'm just saying, and I've never disagreed with that statement. I've never disagreed with that statement. All I'm saying is that Logan Diggs is not hard for him to get. Hmm. It's hard for Ed Orgeron. He pulled a guy that he already convinced to go to one school. It's not going to be hard for him to to show up at another. Interesting that Tommy Reese didn't didn't offer. I I, I might have some some yeah. thoughts on that about some things that I hear through the grapevine. Nevertheless, let's get into it. Everybody, do us a favor. By and it's good to be back. You know, we missed yesterday. Yes. You know, you were feeling underneath the weather, so I was like, "Yes." You were like, "Oh, Mr. Blake, can we go on Tuesday?" Instead? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sure, go." We can. We can I would have made it through a full show. I would be getting up every five minutes if we tried to do a show. So that's so miserable. So miserable. Uh, it's, uh, it's terrible. But I'm glad to be back, though, Blake. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, back it's good. To, it's good to be back with you, buddy. All right, everybody, do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. If you're listening to us on Facebook, you guys have been killing it. We've been growing every single month. While we've been live on Facebook, do us a favor. Hit the like, hit the share. Don't forget to go over to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and notification bell while you're at it. If you're listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And we got some big news coming. Uh, We'll let you know where to catch all of our shows live on your smart TV Mm -hmm. coming up soon. All right, Joe, let's talk about our good friends, though, over at BetOnline. Very quickly, got a lot to discuss. We're back next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Interesting, Texas is over under, fell a half a game today. If you were looking at our good friends over at BetOnline, no longer nine and a half, it goes down to nine. A little more realistic. Well, it's interesting that it's falling. So, Joe, look, you issued those numbers, Mm -hmm. okay, and teams go up or teams go down. 
normally a lot of teams stay the same. When teams start going up and down, that's when a lot of people start making their predictions. You know, like Minnesota's went up. Something to really look at, Minnesota going up a game and a half on some sports books. Something maybe we should touch on later before we get on uh, to kick off. But nevertheless, Joe, we got a lot of stuff going on. So the SEC, well, let's do this. Two minutes. Don't stay on long. Logan Diggs, LSU, go. Yeah, I mean, I already said this at the beginning of the show. Logan Diggs was the backup running back for Notre Dame. I know somebody pointed out that he, he read he ran for the most rushing attempts at Notre Dame. Just throwing that out there. Well, uh, that's a, a testament to his production that he was outperformed by Audrey Estime. Look, Audrey Estime was going to get he, actually he wasn't. If you go to the stats, but nevertheless, go ahead. No, Estime had more rushing yards than Logan Diggs. Uh, but he didn't have more catches, more receiving yards, or more touchdowns. Estime's less of a receiver than Logan oh, Diggs. Oh, so he's not all around back. He is one hell of a battering ram, and I know that we're going to be completely fine with Audrey Estime. Look, my point is, from what I have heard, that he was going to be given a more significant role and that Logan Diggs was not happy with the role that he was getting, which is why he hopped in the portal. Power to him. He's going somewhere to play for a coach that recruited him, and he's going to a comfortable situation close to home. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I think that you're getting a strong secondary back in this offense uh, he's not going to be somebody who's probably going to be a primary every single down option, but will provide you with a lot of juice. He definitely is a home run threat. Great back. I believe he was a four-star recruit when he came out, but you guys pulled a pretty good kid. Yeah, he was actually a three-star kid, believe it or not. Very three-star? Maybe I'm uh, misremembering Very high three-star. Yeah, was on the brink. A lot of people didn't know where to put him at. They didn't realize, you know um, – I guess either put him at linebacker or put him at running back. And then Orzron recruiting him to be a linebacker. He didn't want that. You know the story. Mm. Goes to Notre Dame. Orzron start and LSU start losing. And then when LSU would lose a massive game was the same week. If you remember when Logan Diggs leapfrogged a dude along the sideline. Um, so a lot of people, you know, Logan Diggs for LSU fans is like the face of what Orzron missed. Right, yes. in some of those last recruiting uh, classes. But, uh, look, Frank Wilson, LSU's running back coach, and one of and has been tagged as probably the best recruiter uh, in the Southeast. If you yeah. remember a lot of those great running back cores, he was a godfather of, like, having backfields of, like, Jeremy Hill, Terrence McGee, and then ultimately would be like uh, his philosophy would be the reason why you got guys like Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis in the backfield. I think that's a lot of the same thing here. I think Logan Diggs, I don't know if he's going to be RB1, but with him and Jaden Daniels, I think what LSU wants to run, it complements him a little bit more than what I do think that Sam Hartman type of offense at Notre Dame is going to have to transition to here. I do agree. I think it's a better fit uh, for both. Let's transition, though, because we got a lot to talk about. So the SEC, Joe, made it somewhat final today along with ABC and ESPN. Not only that Texas and Oklahoma are going to be joining, we kind of already knew that, but it's getting real now, right? Like, they're already starting to push Oklahoma and Texas being in the SEC starting 2024, Look, we're going to talk about this with the ACC, but let's start on the SEC first. I think ESPN made the right deal here, right? Like, if, if the SEC and SEC fans were really aggravated being with CBS the whole time. 
the TV timeouts being seven to eight minutes long. A lot of SEC people are glad that ABC and ESPN has the SEC. And look, it's where the SEC's made a lot of their money. It's why they're right there with the Big Ten and much money that they're that they're garnering. Uh, so I, I, I do find it a little bit interesting. Joe, we're more than 17, 16 months away from the 2024 year, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like this is anywhere close. They're already pushing it. It's a big deal. I think that, you know, ESPN and the SEC obviously are excited to get Texas and Oklahoma because we can argue all we want to, Joe. There's mm-hmm. still two still very massive brands that you're adding on here. I think it's also just to peel back the curtain on the sports business side of this thing. It's very telling of the current state of where ESPN is at right now. They had massive layoffs, massive cuts because of the state that uh, the Disney Corporation's in. So they're trying to plug and promote this as much as possible. Their biggest money makers is always going to be live events, and it's always going to be premier live events like this. I, I believe that Alabama LSU game was one of the most watched programs uh, of the season, and that Alabama Tennessee game was one of the most watched programs of the season. The right. SEC garners attention. You can get people to tune into a, a mid-level game like Mississippi State versus Arkansas that might be not as sexy on paper unlike with the Big Ten nobody's watching Minnesota versus Iowa no one wants to gouge their eyes out and watch that crap instead the SEC is going to get the attention of way more people across the country because of the brand recognition so uh, this deal is significant and then to add two even more premier brands to it uh, Texas and Oklahoma is only going to boost them even more so they need this to go well because right now as we've seen ESPN is hurting. Well, I will tell you, the only thing that I want in this trade is the jingle, the SEC jingle. You know, like, I don't want CBS to keep that. But that's not the ESPN jingle, though. That's they I don't use that care. Jingle. I don't care. <laughs> they use that on Army-Navy games. At 2.30 on a Saturday night in Death Valley, I want to – or a Saturday at 2.30 – with Georgia and Alabama playing, or whoever it is, I want to hear that that theme song. Man, you you better get used to hearing that for Rutgers, Maryland. That's you better get I, used to can that. I tell you, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Go ahead. I ain't watching that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I mean, not, I don't blame I'm you. Wa- I'm not watching bad football. There's gonna there's another game on that's gonna be better. Yeah, absolutely, and that's you know the significance of the the SEC being on ESPN the way that it well, is. Well, look, and we'll start breaking down a lot of these teams. I, I know that you and I talked off air. We're really going to yeah. start breaking down a lot because we're not too far away from from opening kickoff. Look, I, I just think that now, Joe, with this SEC expansion, and we can go to the ACC now uh, and transition in this, but look, we continue to see this, right? Like, we continue mm-hmm. to see this expansion thing continue to be talked about. And look – I, I just, for whatever reason, maybe I'm just too naive. I just can't see for what it's worth. I can't see there just being two mega conferences. I, I just, I, I can't. And so I do think that the SEC and the, and the Big Ten add two behemoths of brands. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. I've never, I haven't heard the, um, this take yet from anybody. So I want to give it to you first. Okay. Who won the deal? The SEC getting Texas or Oklahoma, or did you did the Big Ten win their deal and getting USC and UCLA? I 
you're not going to like this, but I, I think it's actually the Big Ten because the, the deal that they earned after the fact, what they were able to get from all of those new broadcasting partners, isn't it the annual per school rate more than what the SEC is currently taking in? Or am I misremembering that? It, it has fluctuated. It has fluctuated. There have been years where the Big Ten has had a couple of more revenue than the SEC, yes. But what I'm getting at here is I do think it's the Big Ten just for the reason that but, the SEC the can SEC, survive. Well, the SEC beat them now with the ES, the new ESPN deal. I think it's definitely possible now that they've got all these bigger brands. But my whole take from this is that the SEC would have continued to be successful no matter what. I think the Big Ten was slowly drifting away from relevance. No one wants to admit that, but it was slowly starting to get to that point where outside of the top two teams – there wasn't much, much competition. You now add in two teams or at least one that is going to provide significant top-end competition. So I, I, just for that angle, I would say the Big Ten. I'm going to say the SEC, just in the simple nature, is that, that it's Texas and Oklahoma. UCLA is not relevant. For football, yes. I'd say for basketball, they're very relevant. Uh, I mean, yeah, but are are they? Because USC's kicking their rear ends and recruiting right now from a basketball perspective. So are they? Currently may be shifting a little bit, but historically UCLA is a very notable brand. I know that you hate using the word historical, hence your hatred for the University of Notre Dame, but it's still I a good brand. Historical. I'm a, I'm a history major. What are you talking about? No, I'm, I'm talking not. about that if I reference teams that historically were good but currently aren't, you usually get upset. That yeah, be, yeah, because you're yes, yes, because Joe, uh, did you watch? You live in LA, correct? I do live in LA. Okay, how much UCLA basketball did you watch last year? Uh, like maybe a game and a half. Maybe. Okay, that, I actually I don't even get the I don't pay for cable, so I don't get the local channels. What do you pay for? YouTube TV. So like I don't have you know Sports Net LA or whatever the heck it is because I don't. I'd rather. I don't want to pay for the hookup. It's more money than just buying YouTube TV. Do you like YouTube TV? Yeah, it's significantly better than cable. But we're, we don't need to get into that. Okay, well, I mean, just... So, look, I, I, I just disagree. I think right now in all sports, like, for example, Texas has made more of runs in basketball than UCLA. Now, I know UCLA had one Final Four with LaMelo or La, the ball with a big mm -hmm. ball of brand. I don't remember the kid's name, but... Um, it wasn't Lamella. Who was it? Um, Lamar. Oh my uh, God, Lamar Ball. No. Le Le oh Le my Ball God. Ball? No, 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 no. Wait, why, why his little his brother. Name? Why am I forgetting his name? You got Mello, Jello, <laughs> uh, Con Concello. I mean, Angelo. No, no, no. Maybe it was Le This is gonna bug me. I gotta look this up. Lamella Ball. Lamella Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. That's Lonzo it. Ball. Yeah. Um, look, I, I just think it's, it's a bigger overall brand. And I think it's why you're seeing teams in more of a Southeast region trying like the ACC. So as we transition and talking about the ACC, I think that's why you're seeing the teams like the ACC trying to, or teams in the ACC trying to leave and join the SEC because it has been reported that their deal is going to be massive more or bigger than the big tens currently is. And, the ACC doesn't get a structure, but I don't know if everybody saw this, so I'll just preface this, and then we can get get into this.
Mm-hmm. So, Brent McMurphy reported that there are seven teams in the ACC that want to leave. Clemson, Miami, Florida State, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. They call themselves the Magnificent Seven. I mean, is this a Marvel movie? Like, like what are we talking about here? That's so ridiculous, by the way, that they added that nickname to this grouping. It's it's so unbelievably corny that they did that. They, they think that they're so pretentiously better than the other programs. Did you just but, throw out quote marks because we didn't see it? Uh, I did not. I pushed – I just put my hand out. I don't know why I did oh, okay, that. Okay, okay. My, my point is, though, is that that is one ridiculous detail that, frankly, is not being talked about enough. I agree. I, I, why? Like, what? What are we doing here? What? What? What, what are we doing here? <laughs> like the magnificent seven. Look, so, look. I said this earlier. So, clip it. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe. They called me the Bayou, the Bayou Bloodhound. You know why? Why? Because I can smell bullshit from a mile away, and this is bullshit. Let me tell you why. I'll let this is what is being reported. So this isn't something that I'm coming up with. This is just what I've read through multiple people that are reporting on this, and I'm going to read it out. So if this is correct, I'm just reacting off what's being reported. So seven teams call themselves the Magnificent Seven, whatever they want to call themselves, and want to leave the ACC. Well, in the grant of rights deal, you need eight teams to be able to want to leave the conference for you to for that deal to be null and void. You mean to tell me that Duke wouldn't want to leave with North Carolina? You mean to tell me that Georgia Tech would not want to be in the SEC with Georgia? Mm. I smell BS. What I think is going on here, now they had their spring meetings, the ACC and these ADs and all this kind of stuff, and they all left and all of them were quiet. They said they couldn't – Jim Phillips said we couldn't talk to the media. I think Jim Phillips went up in that meeting and said, listen, you Rudy Poo candy asses, I'm working on this deal. Y'all need to calm down. That's what I think happened. Clemson's the only team in the ACC right now that has any weight or merit to say what should be happening. You know who doesn't? Virginia, Virginia Tech, NC State, and I'm going to call it what it is, Miami. They yep. have no business calling any kinds of shots. Clemson's the only team in there that has any relevance of calling any shots. When you heard, read all of this, what were your thoughts? So there's two parts of this. One, I am in agreement with you on this, that this is clearly a play to get the shifted deal that favors the teams that are generating the most eyeballs. It is essentially what they are seeking, and it's Florida State and Clemson are the ones that would significantly benefit from this, is that they would earn more money if their teams are more successful, they're generating more viewership. Uh, The article that I read had, had quoted if a playoff bound Florida state, a playoff bound Florida state will earn more money than a Duke team that goes to the Mayo bowl. That's all fair. It's pretty unique because we don't have a lot of broadcasting deals that are structured this way, but it is understandably fair in a conference like this that is so lopsided. So I agree with you. I think that it's total BS, but I don't think it should be BS. I don't think it should be BS. I think a lot of these teams have a lot to gain if they go to other conferences. I really do. I, I'm, I think the, the ACC 
has skated by and having to have watched them for basketball in other sports because Notre Dame has a loose affiliation with them. I think that this is the weakest conference. I think it's weaker than the Pac-12. I think it's weaker than the Big 12. And it has not been discussed as such. And I think that this is a legitimate opportunity for these bigger brands, maybe not all seven of them, to depart and go elsewhere. They could easily, Clemson and Florida State could easily go into the SEC. North Carolina and Duke could go to the Big Ten. I would love to see that happen because I think that the ACC is not properly positioning these programs to succeed. I vehemently disagree with you on one major point that you had in there. You ready? Okay. I do not agree with – I Joe, I do not agree with you when you say that the ACC is the worst or second the worst or whatever – however you want to structure it. I don't think that they're the second to worst conference in the – I guess athletics, maybe. Okay, because you have you have UNC, you have Duke, you mm-hmm. have teams in old, other sports, you have Virginia that's won a baseball national title. You have multiple teams that in other sports are more relevant than guess guess who? You ready for it? The Big Ten. I mean, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. They are more relevant than those teams. I understand. I understand that. You are in situations where the Big 12 just got to a national title, right? And, and with TCU, okay? Mm-hmm. Name anything else that they're relevant in. Because the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma's out. The yes. Pac-12, okay, USC, USC and UCLA are out. Are you going to sit here and tell me that those two conferences aren't in more dire need than the ACC? Let me tell you what I think is going to happen. Okay. okay, I think ESPN is going to make a deal with them. I think they're going to add a couple teams, some mid-majors that bring in money, okay, and they're going to add a couple teams to it, and they're all going to get 50 to $55 million a year, and then everybody's going to shut up. That's what I think. Because ESPN, where's the ACC going to go? Where are those teams going to go? You know who pays for them already? ESPN. Right. ESPN is their deal. So – Right. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they think. Those teams aren't going to the SEC when ESPN's running your deal anyway. Well, okay, so to counter your point that you're making, saying that those other conferences aren't as strong, my argument here is that it's very top-heavy. There are, like, I would, let's start the argument, four programs, four schools here that are holding all of the weight for the ACC. Florida State, Clemson, UNC, Duke, and then let's say maybe Virginia. Maybe well, and Duke's Virginia. not even in. Joe, Joe the Duke's not Rudy. even in this. They're not even in this. But in other sports, they're particularly dominant. In basketball, they're very good. A very good lacrosse program. Baseball, yes, they're really good. Very good. But with you remove all of those teams, none of those other teams are carrying any water. It is a, a boat that's tipping significantly and being held up by those better programs. I, I, I feel like I have more parity in the other conferences. That's kind of what I'm dis- getting. At. I disagree with that, Joe, because when NC state is selling out ba- every single seat in baseball, they're selling out every single seat in basketball. Are you having that on the West coast? Are you having that in the big 12? 
I think so. It depends you, you, you on the sport. Tell, you mean to tell me that NC State's not a bigger brand than Cincinnati? Okay. I think that NC State definitely is a bigger brand than Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is slowly approaching that. Cincinnati Who's has made the worst tri- team in the, the only team in the ACC that doesn't belong is Syracuse. So you're saying that, well, yeah, they're a Big East team through and through, but the Big East is is now dead. But, like, what does Wake Forest do? They've been a little competitive in football the past what couple of years. Do? Wake Forest is the number one team in the country in baseball. And, Joe, as long as baseball is continuously turning a profit now in college athletics, Wake Forest has a purpose. That's a fair point. I'm trying to – I'm trying to think of a better example. The ACC is not uh, the ACC is the third best conference in the country. It goes SEC, I, B, SEC, Big Ten, ACC. I don't think it's that far off though. Like I really don't think that it, it, there's not really like this massive drop off. From where? From name from, the Big Twelve school. Take Texas and Oklahoma out. Okay. Take USC and UCLA out. Name a bigger brand than what the ACC has. Because Duke, North Carolina, and Clemson, okay, trample any other school in any other conference not in the SEC or Big Ten. Okay. But, again, part of what I'm also getting at with this, I'm trying to say that it is top-heavy, but, like, if we're just looking at this particularly from the football perspective where they're drawing the most money, they're drawing the most eyes, I I can't justify – Outside of like two teams that this this conference is deep, I, I it's can. Not. I, I can. What are, what are the other two teams? Or outside of those two teams, All right, are the well, other I got ones? one for you. UCF, UCF. Okay. Historically, you want to talk about historics? Mm-hmm. Is not a bigger is not a bigger brand than anybody, and I mean anybody in the ACC. Neither is Cincinnati. I don't please, disagree with that. Please, I don't disagree with that. Please, sweet well, baby well, Jesus. Well, I would say, oh, okay. please, okay. sweet baby Jesus, Pac-12, add San Diego State. I double-dog dare you. Well, San Diego State just went to the, the Final Four. Like, they, it's not like they have a bad basketball program. Joe, they don't have bad athletics. Gulf Coast made it to a Final Four, my guy. It is... First of all, Cincinnati and UCF are more consistently across the board competitive in other sports than I think Wake Forest is. You're pointing out baseball, but outside of baseball, what do they have? What do they have outside of baseball? Buddy, I'm just telling you, with ESPN, baseball is a big deal. And and look, here's what people don't realize, okay? It's like you have Tennessee, you have South Carolina. you have. So let me give an example. I'm not even going to use LSU who's playing right now at the current moment. Mm-hmm. You had number six Coastal Carolina playing North Carolina. Joe, on a Tuesday, it's sold out. There's not a seat in the – like, I'm watching it right now. Like, it's on my screen, okay? Packed. That's what. That's where those other teams and other conferences don't get is when it comes down to it, they put rear ends in seats. You know what else ESPN's gone to? You want to wait? You want the front page of ESPN was what mm-hmm. for like a three week span? Women's basketball. You've seen my numbers on women's basketball. 
What has ESPN transitioned to? Women's basketball is turning a massive profit. Yes. And, and I am just and I am just telling you, when you got Duke, when you have UNC, when you have these other teams that are in there and turning profits, I'm sorry, man. But historically, none of the ACC teams in women's basketball, like none of these brands that we're talking about, like most of the good teams are in the SEC or it's UConn or it's Baylor is historically one of the best programs in the country. Well, not anymore. Baylor's not anymore. I mean, we just took the coach, you know, I mean, right. Let me ask you this. Let's transition really quickly. Okay. Or not transition, but add on to this. You know who can save the ACC? Notre Dame is not I, – I pray, pray that Notre Dame does not go to the ACC. I pray. Why? Why? Because I, I just talked about it. I don't think this is a good conference. If they're going to go somewhere, they should go to the Big Ten. And regionally, it makes the most sense for them to go to the Big Ten. Them playing in the ACC with this loose affiliation that they have anyways for their other sports and then not for football – it already doesn't make sense regionally. And I know that the big 10 now has two teams in California, but them playing in the big 10 makes way more sense for all of their historic rivalries for their regional fan base. All of that makes way more sense for them to play in the big 10 than for them to go to the ACC. And frankly, unless the ESPN is promising to cough up massive amounts of money, I don't think that Notre Dame is going to pass up joining the big 10 over the ACC, or them staying independent. Do you think ESPN wouldn't after what they pulled today? I, Well, actually, I don't know how much money they're currently going to have. Just for reference, just for reference, ESPN just signed Pat McAfee. Out of desperation. Well, desperation don't mean nothing when you got a buyout at $60 million to get him in here. Well, they know that he's going to draw attention, and right now their current programming is not drawing that attention. They have the money, but it's a matter of what they're going to have in a couple of years and if they're going to be comfortable. They're going to have the money to, to, to attract Notre Dame. All right, well, let's talk about Notre Dame because I think you're wrong. I think that I do believe that ESPN does have enough money that if they mm. wanted to throw it at Notre Dame, they could do it. They could. They absolutely could, but they've already have a long-standing relationship with NBC, and NBC well, is now involved. Well, it's interesting you brought the, you. It's interesting that you brought that up. It's interesting that you brought that up. COVID was a big deal for ESPN with Notre Dame. There was an ESPN mm-hmm. executive that came out and talked about when they they asked about Notre Dame and joining the conference and all that. They and they talked about that, that both the Clemson games and, and NBC that they would they would try to work a deal with NBC to where NBC and ESPN can both share revenues and get them to the number at the same exact number at minimum to where the ACC new structure would be. It's just of my belief, if ESPN really wanted to do it, Joe, they could do it. Let's not act like they can't now. Yeah, they, they absolutely can. I just, my main reasoning of why I don't think that they should join the ACC is again long-standing relationship with NBC and the historic rivalries plus the regionality of their fan base. It makes the most sense for them to join the Big Ten. Everybody lives in South in Indiana. That's Notre Dame fans. No, but I think if you meet most where's people that, in the where's, surf, where's Notre Dame's base? It's across the country. It's national. Okay, then then don't but, don't tell but, me that you're that you're not regional. And Joe, how can you, wait, wait, how many people in the South though? Do you know where the ACC? There are a lot of teams in the South that reside. Uh, in the ACC, how many people in the South? Joe, you know, you're called, Joe, Indiana, 
Indiana yeah. is closer to North Carolina than Louisiana is. I'm not good with geography. Well, look My, it up. I mean, no, I, Notre Dame, most people in the Midwest, a lot of people in the Midwest are Notre Dame fans. It's also, it's a very national fan base. I'm from the Northeast and I'm a Notre Dame fan. But their historic rivalries, I think, is the biggest aspect of this. So who are there? Who is Notre Dame's biggest rival? USC, Michigan. They also have had rivalries with Michigan State, Purdue. All of those are more significant than anyone that they currently play in the ACC. They've, they've developed a little bit of a rivalry with Clemson, but that's do not you, a, a year to year one. you trust Jack Schwarbeck to do that? No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. Don't yeah. underestimate him, Joe. We're going to be sitting here in two years, and you this is what you're going to do. You're going to, you ready? <laughs> Mr. Blake, you are right. Well, I, you might be right about them going to the ACC, but I'm not going to concede that it was the right decision. I mean, why haven't they been playing the Big Ten in basketball? Because they have a, a contract with the ACC. Oh, they play in the Big Ten for hockey, so it's not like that they don't have a. a we don't have hockey, the hockey in the South, Joe. We 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 just can't do it. Well, they still there's no ACC for hockey for that exact reason. There's also no AC cold enough to get us to have hockey down here either. <laughs> exactly my point. Ho- right. They're one of their best programs in hockey. Who I mean, Notre Dame? Yeah, one of their best programs in hockey. They're always in the Frozen Four. <laughs> hockey is the baseball for Notre Dame. <laughs> Don't, don't laugh at me. I, I said that when Notre Dame got to Omaha last year. Because they don't do it consistently. They don't do that. They lost their coach to FSU. It took a, a stroke of a, a one pen to get him to FSU. Well, that's where he's from. Yeah, but they could have they could have kept him with enough money. You don't think they could have kept him? Well, then what happened with Palmineri and Brian Kelly? Exactly. They didn't. They didn't cough up the money. That's the big thing here. They didn't cough up the necessary money to keep up. Uh, a buckshot kid on YouTube says Notre Dame sucks in hockey. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I, they're they're consistently I... one of the best teams in their conference. That's a, that's a total. Go check the standings. Okay. If you, I mean, if you say so. If you say so. Yeah. Um, Joe, let's do this. We got about twenty minutes. And I'm sure that we. We'll have enough time because I know you want to have some time to talk on this young man. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline. Let's return. Mm-hmm. Maybe answer some questions here at the end. So if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, put them inside the uh, chat. And then we're going we're gonna to talk about Georgia and Dylan Riola. I think it's going to be a big, hot topic that we need to discuss. we talk about it next. Stay tuned. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. Something that Dylan Riola might hear is that exact jingle in a couple of years. So 
The number one recruit in the country, the top quarterback in the country in the class of 2024, Dylan Raiola, has committed to the University of Georgia. Now, he, there's two things here. Number one, he was formerly committed to Ohio State and Ryan Day. He decommitted. And also, Joe, Dylan Raiola had a dad that played center at Nebraska and was with the Detroit Lions for 14 years. All of a sudden, here comes Big Kirby in that bowl cut and says, I want Dylan Raiola. And Ryan Day and Matt Rule got shoved into a locker. Don't tell me that regular season and postseason wins don't matter. Don't tell me they don't matter, Joe. They absolutely do. There's a couple interesting layers to this, though, too, Blake. So Rayola, his father, uh, Dominic Rayola, who you mentioned played for the Detroit Lions, he was the starting center for Matthew Stafford for a very long time and That's considers right. him That's considers right. him an uncle. Uh, so that was pretty significant in his recruitment, apparently. Uh, the, the relationships with, with Munkin and Bobo was, was also very significant. I also didn't know this. Uh, Rayola's first offer that he received in 2021 well, was from um, the University of Georgia. So they've been on his tail, and Kirby's been – really hot about getting Dylan Rayola as the future quarterback for this program. Here is one thing that does intrigue me because we can certainly sit here and talk about, man, the rich keep getting richer. And I think that's the angle everyone's taking, but does a guy like Dylan Rayola succeed? And does he get on the field for a program like Georgia when we've seen five stars come in and out and they have not come and played to much success? The guys like Jake Fromm and Stetson Bennett have been the ones who have been a part of the teams that have competed in the national championship and won it. So I am sitting here wondering, can they get what they hope to get out of Dale and Rayola and what we expect to get out of him? He's going to have to sit. At least a year. More than that. Because of Carson Beck? Because of Carson Beck. If Carson Beck has a good year and returns, and Brock Vandegriff. You, you think that Brock Vandergriff, after not starting, would stick around and then still beat him out if Carson Beck left? Here's the problem that I have with everybody saying that he wouldn't, or not even that he wouldn't beat him out, why Carby Smart wouldn't start him. He started Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. He started, Car he started Stetson Bennett over JT Daniels and those young, uh, and those young quarterbacks. It's been his mm -hmm. calling card. So, Joe, where I think that he could – can he beat him out? Yep. He, you're damn right. There's no reason why he couldn't, why Raiola couldn't. Here's another thing. Kirby has a track record of not playing young quarterbacks. He just doesn't do it. So, are you saying – are you asking me, can he? Yes. Will he be the starter when he comes in? No. I, I, don't, I don't believe that because – it's just what Kirby's normally done. Here's another thing, too. Mm -hmm. If I am these other teams, like, I, I don't think – I think Ohio State will move on. I, I don't think Ohio State cares because they got – Well, they already got their guy. Yeah, and the best name for a quarterback of all time, Aaron Nolan, right? Yes. Not completely over for Nebraska because of the transfer portal in one year, this kid could easily, Joe, easily mm -hmm. hit the portal and go, and go to Nebraska. It could happen. Easily. So, look, the problem that I have with this, and this is just a microcosm of what normally happens, 
Georgia's going to just have so much talent, and they continue to accumulate that talent. But this is why the Big Ten and the in the Big Twelve. This is why people in the Southeast laugh. Joe, you got a kid from Arizona who has no real business going to Georgia. He has Joe. He has no. What do they do offensively that's going to prepare him for the NFL? Now they run a pro style offense, and yeah. I, but so does everybody else. Right. He has no business being committed to Georgia. None. Regionally, yes, it doesn't make a lot of sense. but It I, makes I, no sense. I mean, you're going to go with the program that's winning in national championships. If you're the number one recruit in the country, it's very appealing. And the SEC is the most dominant conference right now. I don't think it's surprising. I thought it was actually kind of shocking that he picked Ohio State originally, and that was where he wanted to go. It was also a bit surprising – that he might have gone to Nebraska. But Georgia continues to get rich as we're talking about. It's it's part of the appeal for these kids. Like, they're obviously going to want to go play where they can win a national championship. Like, why would he go to Ohio State when they've had guys of his caliber and not won it? Like, why would he do that? I'm sure that's his thought process. Yeah, you know what's so wild about that? The last quarterback for Ohio State to win it all and have regionally uh, – or just halfway decent career and stayed in the NFL longer than most. Now I think CJ Stroud breaks that. Okay. Mm. Uh, was Cardell Jones. And he was the last one to win an at it. And I don't think he was like a super. No. To the I mean, other guys. But Dwayne Haskins didn't have a better career than him. No. You know? And so it, it, it is interesting, but I don't really buy into that. We'll, we'll have to see. And look, I, I'm going to tell you this now. I'm going to tell you this. You ready to get really mad at me? Sure. I don't think Dylan Raiola is the best, best player in the country. Are you saying that because you have somebody else in mind, or you just think that we're getting overly excited over a, a kid who's a quarterback? Here's what I know. He'd be the sixth quarterback in last year's class. That was because last year's class was stacked. It was very stacked. Rayola, though, I think is better than Arch. I think he's significantly better than Arch. You know what he's gotten some shades of comparison to? Who The reason why I understand now why you're saying that he's not maybe not as good as we think he is. There's a lot of comparisons that can be drawn between him and Quinn Ewers. There absolutely are. John, I, look, I'm not saying the kid's not good. I think mm -hmm. he's better than Quinn Ewers. I think he's got better throwing motion. I think he's a better overall athlete when you see him run. I think he can run for power. He can run between the tackles. He can be elusive enough to run to the edge. I think he's got a body style like Mahomes. He's not Mahomes. He doesn't have the traits. He has no. the body style. Both of them, 6'3", 220, 225, 230 pounds. Okay? They have the same body type. They walk the same. They both walk like a, like a, a, a newborn toddler that just found their new legs and walks with a full diaper. Trust me, I've had two of them. I know <laughs> what a, a baby with a full diaper walks around like. Bottom line is, is that he there's just something with him when I see him throw that I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. What, what do you mean that you're not buying? Is that you think that we're over overhyping the power? I think, I, 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 well, because he's got a pretty big arm. I, well, I'm not going to see a massive arm, but so did yeah. Arch. He's got a bigger arm than Arch does. Um, bigger arm than yeah, Arch but does. Arch's big thing. Everybody's like, oh, look at him throw the fade route. Yeah, he's supposed to be accurate, but he can't he can't reach the sideline, and it's not doesn't really matter. I no, think Rayella has that. Yard, that's a fifty yard throw for most kids. 
Yes. People don't get that. Joe, if you're on the far left hash and you're throwing a hitch route, a 10, 12-yard hitch route, mm -hmm. that might be a 37 to 38-yard throw. Like, yes. People don't understand that. They just see it 10 yards and they're like, oh, they, he, he can't throw it 10 yards. You freaking Rudy Pooh, that's a 37-yard <laughs> throw. Simple math is hard for some people. I don't know, man. I think you that included, Rayola's got some You juice. included. But it just, I don't, I got an A in Calkin my freshman year of college. So put, put some respect on my math skills. Uh, Dylan Rayola, though, dude, I, I really think that he's got the juice. I, I think that if he does stick around at Georgia, like you're, I know that you don't want to compare him to Mahomes, but this is the whole new wave is that if, if the top quarterback recruit or one of the best quarterback recruits is kind of has, shows shades of the improvisational big arm throws on the run type kid, he's going to get comparisons to Mahomes and he's going to get propped up. We did it with yours and we're sitting here doing it again with Rayola. Rayola's got much more Mahomes straights than Quinn Ewers ever did. Quinn Ewers throws like this. He's still got a big oh. arm, but I agree with you that I agree oh. with you that I agree with you on that though on Rayola. Uh. Don't act like he doesn't have a cannon. Don't act like Quinn Ewers oh. has a cannon. Quinn Ewers has a big arm. He's got a huge arm. He was the one of the highest graded quarterback recruits ever for a reason. I think he actually was the highest graded. My main point here though, that I was bringing up earlier, Blake, is I actually, and you kind of hinted at this by bringing up the whole Nebraska, Ohio State thing still being on the mm -hmm. table. I don't know if he sticks around. And I don't think that he sticks around. And you also brought up the even more important aspect of this is that very rarely to do these young guys get on the field. And more often than not, these top-rated quarterback recruits that don't get on the field within that first year or two, they're very impatient. They want to yeah, go out there they, and play. They really possible. are. And Kirby doesn't like playing young quarterbacks. He surprises does me. Not well, it surprises me that he picked Georgia knowing that is what I mean. Well, I mean, look, Kirby's a mother humper, okay? I mean, the dude can freaking recruit. And look, Joe, we don't know. There's always there's always a silver lining, right? Like, there's mm. always a silver lining of who's going to be that first guy that he does that with. You know, it's like, look, I've never been married before, so how do I know how I'm going to react? He, we don't have, We have no idea what he's going to do. And look, Justin Fields wasn't ready. Okay, as much as people want to make that art, go back and watch his Georgia film. The kid was, yeah. was not ready at all right. going against what he had. Here's the interesting thing for me about Dylan Raiola, though. He's going to have such good weapons in reference to, and I call the O-line a weapon, the running game and offensive line, and they're doing some decent things with receiver. I think mm -hmm. he gets a couple of big-time receivers to go there, which if he does that, can keep him around Georgia longer than what some people maybe believe that he would be there. I just don't I, – I don't know if he – I still think he's got a couple of things he needs to work on. I think he needs to work on some of the things that he does inside the pocket. Sometimes you just need to stand there and throw and take the hit. Right? Right. Like, I think – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There, you're fine. All I was going to say is I think one aspect of this that doesn't get talked about enough is that a lot of times these guys have an entourage that's following them of other – recruits other receivers running backs and we haven't seen georgia really attract that many five-star big name receivers and this might actually be the first class that they can really accomplish that all right say that say that again so i understand what you're trying to 
I'm trying to say that these top quarterback recruits and Rayola, especially from what I've read, they attract an entourage of top receivers, tight ends, running backs that want to come with them to that school because they know the results that are going to play out on the field. And we don't really get a lot of can those types name, of guys. Can you name quarterbacks that have done that? I mean, Arch was one of them. Name Ar- name one of their receivers. I don't know the recruits' names off the top All of right. my head. All right, thank I'm you. I'm not that inundated with recruiting. So, that, so then name, name where that's happened. Arch was a good example. Um, with receivers that you have no idea who their name are. Continue. I do know that from what I've read with Rayola, there are a lot of receivers that have made it pretty clear that they want to go and play with him. There so, is no such thing as recruit in recruiting as package uh, deals. It is not saying it's a package deal, but I think that some kids deal. are gonna kids are gonna make a decision based on him being there. Joe, it's people call those package deals. My point is, is and I'm not Georgia's talking injured. about I'm not talking about uh, uh, two small potatoes and a sausage package mm-hmm. deals. I think that went over your head, but my point is that Georgia doesn't get a lot of five-star rec- receiver recruits. When they they don't, they just they frequently do not. No, this they might be a, a change for them. No, they frequently do not. They frequently do not. I I told you to table this. I'll let you do it if you want to. Well, we're coming but up on time. Go on your rant. What the so, Iowa Penn State thing? Yeah, go ahead and go it's, on your it's rant. It's not really a it's not really a rant, but I think it's really freaking lame that Penn State picked their whiteout game for Iowa. And we've talked about Iowa. We've talked about how boring of a football team that they are. And Penn State's whiteout game, Blake, as much as you don't care about it, is a significant thing in the college That's football not, landscape. You, you 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 just don't understand me, bro. I do understand you told me you didn't care about it. You didn't want to talk no, about it. No, that's not what I said. I said I just don't care to talk about it. On when we, okay. like we could have been talking about how how do you think the SCE stacks up since we're talking about Georgia? Well, we are not going to fit that in two minutes. No, we're not. Okay. No. Look, I could just care less. You know, if teams, it whatever games and teams they want to, you want to do your tradition with something like that. Mm-hmm. By all means, do it. By all means, do it. I root for good football and good traditions, and I think that this is not a good football game. I'm not going to watch this game. You say that. We'll see if I actually do or not. I mean, look, Penn State, I mean, the two toughest teams that they play this year, obviously Ohio State and Michigan, they could be a playoff team. Yeah, but if they – Drop 40 on Iowa, 30 on Iowa. That's not going to be a very fun game to watch now, is it? It is not. All right. Well, that defense is really good, man. Our number one defense coordinator was Phil Parker. They they lost some dudes in the portal. They also lost some dudes to the draft. So, Yeah, like, why in the hell would you recruit? Why would you draft Lucas Van Ness in the first round? He's a dog. Don't, don't speak down on Van Ness. It, was he a starter? He wasn't because they don't start underclassmen. So Parker knows what he's doing, but that's that was a poor decision on his part. I rest my case, Your Honor. Okay. See you Saturday or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. Back tomorrow. Back tomorrow. Peace.